I, I, I wanted to have more, right? I think you can call me greedy, not for money, but for social impact. And so that really um, was what kept me going in my darkest moments. Some of the feedback were not easy to hear, but you want to hear the honest feedback. You don't want your best friend to tell you beyond you are a great person, there's nothing you should change about you as well, continue doing what you are as well. You are dying in the next five minutes, I know, but you're still great. That's not a good friend. Right? You want your friend to tell you that beyond you suck. Right? I don't understand why you're so stubborn and you know, like I think you could do this to actually change things as well. You need the real frank talk as well. When you are about to die, you make very, very bold moves. Right? So I reached a the dying cockroach face. I was flipped over, all six legs up in the air, one wing clipped, maybe, right? And then thinking, okay. Do I still want to do this at all? The thing that has uh, brought me this far is that um, I believe in the vi- in the social impact of my business. I believe that I was helping people uh, and I want to devote my life to doing that as well. I wanted to solve something that I personally felt was neglected and there's something close to my area of interest, in this case, mental health as well. I believe that a lot of people can benefit from it. All right, welcome to your great story. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm a product guy in tech. In this podcast, I chat with founders and changemakers to discover their passion that they carry with them to bring their products to market. In this episode, our guest is Beyond Lee, founder and CEO of My5, a mental wellness startup. Extremely exciting times for them as they just raised the first million dollars of funding from prominent investors. And they are the latest batch of Y Combinator Accelerator program. I have known Beyond for 10 years and we caught up recently to find out his journey of starting his first company in Silicon Valley back in 2011 to where he is now today, bringing mental wellness to you and I. Without further ado, this is my chat with Beyond, sharing his quick story where you discover yours. Welcome to your great story, right? Uh, this is another episode, which is very fun episode. Um, so today we have Beyond Lee, founder of MyFi. Uh, hi, Beyond. Welcome to the show. Hi, Eric. We've known each other for a while. This is yes. uh, my first podcast with you. Hopefully, I see a lot more podcasts coming from you as well. And this won't be our. This won't be the first and last as well. <laughs> awesome! Awesome! Wow! Okay, so let's we can uh, probably book the next one already. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> So fun fact, fun fact, right? So I, I, I know Beyond for about 10 years. I just um, checked and we were friends on Facebook since 2011, right? So um, from 2011 to 2021 today, it's been 10 years uh, and I've seen a lot of awesome stuff uh, Beyond has been working on. Um, so Beyond, probably you, um, can you bring me and the audience together back to 2011 or even before 2011, right? Tell us how you kind of started from then um, to where you are today. Sure. Sure. So in the in the ten years since we last met, uh, I think nobody really uses Facebook that actively anymore. All right. I think uh, you know, like uh, so many things have changed as well. When I first met you, I think uh, you were in the NUS Overseas College or NOC program, right? And I was running my education startup in Silicon Valley. Uh, back then I was uh, this company was called Stickery. Uh, we were funded by Google Ventures to 
to build preschool education tools, uh, you know, on the uh, on a mobile phone, and that was very cool because ten years ago, I think there were not that many preschool education apps, as well. Um, I took that company, I ran that company with my fellow NOC um buddy as well from my same batch, Gerald Ong. I uh, ran that for about three years. Uh, eventually, we had a small exit for the company. Um. Followed by which we joined another company to work as an employee. Because you know, being a founder, sometimes you run out of ideas or you get tired as well. So I think he moved over um, to Vicky, and I actually moved over to Zopim, a small startup as well. Because I enjoy building products, and I was uh, tasked to actually look into building new innovative products, new innovative products at Zopim. Six months later, we got acquired at Zendesk. So pretty soon, three years pass as well. Uh, it was a very exciting period joining a thirty packs company, uh, a fifty packs company actually, and uh, that was uh, acquired by six hundred hundred packs startup. We the day we joined, three months later, I um I was I was tasked in charge of building the um running the product uh, integration. I was uh, leading our product integration from Zopim to Zendesk. We eventually became Zendesk Chat. Um, I worked with six teams all around the world. Um, hours were crazy. It was fun. Learned a lot. It was stressful as well. And um, I left Zendesk in 2016. Followed by which I did a sabbatical. Um, and I got. I was learning programming initially and traveling. And then eventually, after six months of my one year sabbatical, I got bored. I decided to look at various startup ideas to do. Uh, I looked at um, mental health wasn't my obvious first choice. I think uh, it was one of multiple choices. I'm not sure I mentioned to you before, but I was looking at aquaponics farming as well, a combination of hydroponics and aquariums so that you can actually, you know, like farm both plants and fish at the same time. I also looked into um, um, uh, an idea related to Lego, right? Um, I think I was trying to... Uh... Well, I love Lego. I think kids should love Lego and have the chance to actually experience many sets as possible. Parents have a problem, right? Uh, where you know it's really expensive as well. So I'm trying to do a like a Lego toy rental, uh, business, right? I also tried to um make a breakfast machine. That was a hardware idea, and it was really hard, right? No pun intended, right? It was the whole idea was to actually make omelets, right? You can press a bunch of buttons, and then you could get a sunny side up. You could get a Singapore style. Soft boy egg, you could make hard boy eggs, you could make an omelette, you could throw some cheese chunks and tomato pieces into it as well. You could press and wake up, you'll be right beside a coffee machine. That was another crazy idea we had. Good thing I didn't pursue any of them. Um, but uh, mental health came to me uh, because I looked back and the year I met you was the year that I actually experienced a lot of uh, chest pains as well. And so... Um, it's funny how, you know, things came to a circle and now we are talking and I'm actually building a mental health startup and reconnect after 10 years. Um, but that's essentially what I did. I, I started uh, MyFi in 2017. I've been running it for four years now. We pivoted uh, uh, last year and I uh, built a, a new team uh, and we've been growing really, really fast. And we'll talk more about that later on. Nice, nice, nice. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, so, so I remember meeting you in uh, San Francisco, if I'm not wrong, in 2011. Um, and remember a lot of energy, uh, you're doing a stickery and, and, and all that. Um, so we still have uh, a lot of energy. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. We're channeling um, it to better purposes right now rather than just drinking and clubbing, I think. <laughs> okay, okay, now, now, now the story is out, okay. <laughs> you can delete this. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, no, this is going to be out there. Okay, uh, so for since then, right to now, is there like a turning point? I mean, maybe you can um, tell me more about what were there like, like some health issues you, you had at, uh, back then or what? Yeah, I mean, in 2011, I was 30 years old, right? And I honestly had a few health scares back then as well. I mean, like uh, I did not exercise. So my hamstrings were very, very tight. And whenever I actually tried exercising, it gave me, I couldn't walk for a couple of days. In fact, I was actually, uh, I, I spent an entire day waiting at the A&E uh, Department of uh, San Francisco Hospital one time because of that problem, right? I was sitting down so much, this is 2011, and standing desks were quite a fad at that point of time, right? Nobody really uh, understood the dangers of sitting down for so long, and Silicon Valley was probably the first to actually popularize standing desks. I remember my friend was working at Facebook, and you know, like uh, Zuckerberg, you know, like their the people team, Give everybody standing this if they have a chance as well. Um, I said my standing, my problem is standing, not standing enough and sitting in too much, uh, gave me a spinal uh, disease. I actually have two vertebrae uh, in my spinal column that actually uh, has no spinal fluid because it leaked out due to poor posture, due to sitting down for years, right? So um, I did an MRI scan and it told me that my spine uh, looks 10, 10, 15 years older than what I actually was. Uh, I was 30 then, it looked like a 45-year-old one, right? Um, uh, so the third was the chest pains as well, right? Um, and I honestly tried to see a doctor for every single condition that I had, right? Uh, my, my hamstring problems, my leg pain, I thought I was having gout. Uh, my spinal problem, my, my, my chest pains as well. I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought I was really dying. I, I had a spine problem, I have a heart problem, I have a leg problem. Uh, am I going to die soon or what, right? And everything boiled down to me having a very imbalanced lifestyle. Uh, and so it gave me a wake-up call, honestly. In 2011, I had a wake-up call and the, uh, it set me on a different path because I literally have, a pain, have three pain points to solve in my life not just business pain points when I was running that startup, right? So I think that gave me a deeper look, but I did not act on it immediately. I think I acted on it more in 2016. It took me five years for me to say that maybe I should take a step back, reassess my life and, th- and rethink my priorities, what I should be spending my time on and how I should live a better life going forward. Right, so speaking about priorities, what is your top priority right now? My top priority right now uh, now, now is that we just uh, raised quite a fair amount of funding. We just closed our undisclosed uh, seed round funding and uh, my team has grown from 10 to 20 plus within a span of three to four months. And so I need to stabilize the team and make sure that we hit a new growth trajectory in a couple of years time for the next stage of funding. Nice, nice. Congrats anyway. Um... Thank you. So let's talk about mental health as an industry, as a, as a as a topic, right? So there's a rise of you know in recent years, uh, of that mental health, uh, is important. Well being is important. So mm. tell me more about that. You know, tell the audience about you know why why is there such a trend growth in mental health? Mm, I think people are interested about mental health right now because you know of the pandemic. Uh, number one, uh, everybody has experienced what it's like with social isolation working from home, uh, perhaps having a family, having no family, 
having issues with your housemates or having an issue with no housemates as well, right? It's, uh, we now understand all these different issues uh, fall under the bracket of mental health. I think uh, that's a very important part. We have all been very stressed. There's no boundaries between work and uh, life. Uh, working hours are extended. Um, mental well-being is not just simply about maybe being feeling happy. It's not. Right, is the ability to also manage our is yes, it's the emotion ability to manage our emotions. They come and relax, but it's also about you know like um, staying in touch with friends, keeping a healthy body, right? Being interested in the day to day things that we do as well. It's actually much more multi dimensional than most people think, right? Because I think before the pandemic, um, you know, most people think, and maybe like me you know, as well, because I learned about mental health 10 years ago, it was about staying out of the asylum, <laughs> right? Uh, the most stigmatized thing that we can, uh, we know, you know, like before mental health began, the thing was that, oh, you know, I don't want to be labeled as a crazy cuckoo kind of person, right? But, you know, when we unpack the word mental and health, it's, we realize that health is not just about staying outside of the asylum, a mental health hospital, is really about managing our stress levels, staying interested, keeping ourselves aligned with our sense of mission and purpose in life, having a healthy social life as well, you know, like, uh, and, and, and part of that is also about our physical um, bodies. So it's a lot more nuanced and multidimensional. So I think that's really important because post-pandemic, as we exit this pandemic as well, I hope that we all understand what health really means. Right, and that we learn the lessons that the pandemic has given us, appreciate and acknowledge it, and actually take some action as well on the other parts of our life that we did not know we need to pay attention to. Right, so I think this is a very fascinating new industry, just because that you know it's not been given a name before. When you name something, you give it power, you give it a chance to grow as well. And so, hopefully, in years to come, more new products more new government initiatives, civil sector initiatives, startups, non-profits, you know, initiatives can take root from this. Right, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's going to be a growing trend, you know, in, in especially in this whole kind of pandemic, um, you know, situation, right? Um, and, you know, just let's talk about MyFi, you know, from day one to now, right? Um, did it start off as a, um, you know, for consumers or is it for business and how did it kind of transit? How do you find a, uh, product market fit for my five. So I started with the consumer path as well because businesses were not ready to pay for mental health in this part of the world. Mind you, this was two zero one seven, right, twenty seventeen. Um, so I started the in the consumer space. I started by building a meditation app because I found that I knew that best, and I started working with a team of psychologists specifically Professor Stephen Hickman at the University of California, San Diego, right? Uh, I worked with him to create a curriculum. He gave me a lot of advice. I was very inspired by Headspace and Calm, uh, both of which were doing decently well at the point of time in 2017. They are not the unicorn companies that you know of today. Uh, and I differentiated by focusing on meditation you can do with your eyes open bringing mindful awareness to our daily lives, to the things that we do, like entering a meeting, setting your, standing in front of your lap, sitting in front of your laptop at the start of the day and going at it with intention, not just reacting to things as they come in, but doing things with purpose, uh, having a meal and really appreciating and eating it as well, 
knowing how to take breaks and be mindful of your temperament, your emotions as you go through a stressful day at work or come back home to your family or friends or housemates as well. So I think uh, that's how I started. And over time, of course, it has evolved. Cool. Let's let's talk about, um, you know, the team, right? Uh, did you start this yourself? And, and how do you get the team growing, right? Uh, how do you get the core team kind of on board this uh, rocket ship you're, you're in? Hmm. To be fair, it's only been a rocket ship for the past one year, slightly less than a year now. So, you know, I'm still trying to process everything as well, you know. Uh, when I first started four years ago, I, I think uh, that I wanted to build a very different kind of startup. I did not just want to, you know, crank out a product that's very me too, that the rest apply to Y Combinator. And then, uh, you know, like uh, just grow like uh, some of the other mental health startups back then. Um, I raised a small sum of seed money from uh, some of my friends and uh, professors as well. Professor Wong is an investor in my company, right? He supported me for my last startup. He supported me again for this startup as well. So um, I actually focused a lot on research. I spent, I, I did multiple design sprints the Google style ones uh, with multiple teams and multiple groups as well, right? Uh, I went through about four to five different kind of prototypes over three months. And that was just for the app. I spent another six months refining, improving the content, looking for the right kind of people that I can work with as well. It's not easy. I cycled through quite a bunch as well, right? I launched a product hunt. Uh, we were number one product of the day. Uh, as well. I think we beat Steve Wozniak and Foursquare's new version 4 or something like that uh, back then, right? And then uh, Apple reached out and they said, oh, we need to feature you. Can you send us all your assets? I was like, whoa, I don't think I'm ready yet. How about um, you get back to me? I think I need to revise it because I have a lot of feedback after launching a product hunt. Uh, give me two months. So in 2018, we kind of like more officially launched it. We were featured on the App Store. They still continue featuring us as well in their mental health apps portfolio. Um, and so that's what we, we did. Yeah. Not nice. sure whether that's wow. answered your question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, just scrolling up the, like, the content and I really love the part of the research, which is uh, really um, more scientific, right? It's not just a random meditation app. It's really built on solid research and solid foundations, right? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you asked yeah. about team, so should I continue talking about the team? Yeah, please, yeah. I mean, I know that you have a, a strong team. I, I, I know some of the members. So uh, please, please share with the audience, um, you know, how, how did you grow this team of yours in my five? Yeah. So uh, it's a four-year-old company and I, uh, a lot of these members only joined me in the past one year, right? Uh, one of them I've known for 15 years, Leon, my COO. Right, the other two, I know of them... Um, from events that I spoke at, right? They are, uh, in fact, my CTO came because uh, he was working at A-Star and uh, his boss actually, you know, like uh, introduced him to me. Uh, my psychologist co-founder, Anita, actually found me on LinkedIn uh, because she was researching a list of mental health startups and she wanted to get into this space as well. Uh, so the question is, why did I have any co-founders before this? I tried. It was hard to find a co-founder for a mental health company that, you know, like shared the same vision with me as well. So throughout, I tried working with different uh, individuals um, and there was never really a good fit as well, which actually 
uh, I'm very grateful for the one year cliff that you know startups always do as well because you know I put myself on a cliff too, right? Um, you kind of have your get out clause when you actually put all your co-founders on a one year cliff in the founders agreement. So if you are a founder listening to this or you are a founder aspiring founder of a startup to be one day, uh, first thing first is that you make sure that you know like uh, you can try multiple co-founders, but you don't want to have any long term repercussions on your cap table. So invest everyone. Yeah, that's nice. That's a great tip. That's a great tip for founders out there. Um, and you spoke about YC. Uh, congrats on uh, you know, joining uh, the YC batch. Um, maybe you can share with our founders uh, who are listening as well. You know, what are the tips you know on applying and getting into YC? So I did not think that I'll get into Y Combinator. My CTO Gangeshwa was the one that keep encouraging me. He said, "Deadline is here. I think you should apply. You should apply." Right? I did not apply because one, I did not think that um, um. We were, an Asian, we were focused on the Asian market and I did not think that they would actually have a lot of knowledge to actually share uh, over here as well. Second is that I just did not think that we were good enough. <laughs> right? Uh, but we became, we, we had a metrics, uh, you know, like uh, early this year as well. So I finally thought, oh, wow, actually this is a good reminder. I should just apply. Uh, so fundamentally, it boiled down to product traction that got us in. That's one. Second was the team as well. Right? Our team got us in. Um, and uh, the, the, the idea here is that we will have been studying and uh, had a very unique approach uh, on our B2B solution, right? Uh, we, we saw the potential and we have a lot of good traction uh, uh, since the start of the year. Um, and so team and traction really were there. That being said as well, the preparation um, to fill up the application uh, initially and then after we were selected the the preparation to help us with the interviews were very very important um you can't get into yc if you do not know somebody who was uh who is part of yc already so when i applied to yc i started you know like uh, my investors a couple of my one of my investors was uh applied to yc right uh and so he shared with me the entire process right uh my good friend two of my other good friends as well were part of yc and they shared with me the entire process. They shared with me the application uh, documentation and so on and so forth. Um, so if you know people who are really YC, ask around. You'll be surprised, right? YC people are actually quite helpful. If they think that you know, your company is good, you have a strong team, they will help you, give you feedback as well. Some of the feedback were not easy to hear. But you want to hear the honest feedback. You don't want your best friend to tell you beyond you are a great person. There's nothing you should change about you as well. Continue doing what you are as well. You are dying in the next five minutes, I know, but you're still great. That's not a good friend, right? You want your friend to tell you that beyond you suck, right? I don't understand why you're so stubborn and, you know, like, I think you could do this to actually change things as well. You need the real frank talk as well. And, you know, I got that when I actually was uh, following my application. They were like, oh, wow, this application is not good. You need to change this, 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 and this. You know, check it out. This is what I think. This is what I wrote last time as well. Friends, friends of friends, they helped me. Same thing for the preparation for the interviews as well. You know, like uh, uh, those friends introduced me to more friends. I started by talking to three people and eventually for my interviews, I started talking to five people, five new people as well. They, they, they encouraged me that you prep your interview because your interview is super short. You know, you know what to say. You One person talk, not all four of you join a party. This is not a party chat. This is not a Zoom party chat, right? So uh, that's what we did as well. So the prep was actually very important to get into the YC part. Yeah. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I, I like what you mentioned about the double T, traction and team, right? Sufficient traction, not not a kind of a pre, I guess like a pre-POC is also kind of hard to get into uh, Y Combinator, right? So, uh, so Some people, of... you know, like if you are, 
if some people get in without a product, there are some people wow. getting without a product as well. Wow. Okay. 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 So, but that must that should be kind of less common, I believe, right? Uh, compared to a a kind of a concept that's kind of proven already, uh, sub proven, maybe not fully proven, right? Uh, and also team, a strong team that kind of holds together, right? Um, to kind of bring the idea through, right? Um, and 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 really bring the idea through as a team, um, and really building a team, um, is not easy, right? Um, have you ever thought of giving up and uh, what keeps you going so uh yeah every six months i thought about giving up in the first few years i was like six months over right uh why am i doing this right i always go back to why am i doing this and it always brings me back as well right the thing that has uh, brought me this far is that um i believe in the vi- in the social impact of my business i believe that i was helping people uh and i want to devote my life to doing that as well um, I could take up a job at maybe an e-commerce startup, maybe a cryptocurrency, blockchain company, and so on and so forth. But that's not where my interests lie in. I don't feel a personal affinity to the problems that are being solved in those companies. Um, I wanted to solve something that I personally felt was neglected and there's something close to my area of interest, in this case, mental health as well. I believe that a lot of people can benefit from it. So... Um, Around the one two year, around the two year mark, uh, right? This is uh, late twenty eighteen, right? Or oh, twenty nineteen? Sorry, late twenty nineteen as well. Uh, that's about three year mark already. I really, really wanted to give up already. Uh, I already started researching into what it took to actually close the entire company up, right? Uh, I really, uh, you know, like uh, I was down to a team size of two people, uh, me and an engineer. That's it. I did everything, everything else. I lowered my burn to so low that it was just his pay, basically, right? Uh, and when you are about to die, you make very, very bold moves, right? So I reached a, the dying cockroach face. I was flipped over, all six legs up in the air, one wing clipped, maybe, right? And then thinking, okay, do I still want to do this at all, Right? What kept me going was that I still had a government grant that I needed to deliver, right? Uh, it was a government grant where I deliver value to cancer survivors and their caregivers as well. And um, I went for that event, despite my heart and mind no longer in the business. The program went very well, 30 people of them. Right, they're thanking me for the app that I built, thanking me for the program, thanking me as well, and so on. And I was reminded that of the human lives I touched as well. Right? And also in that same week as well, around that time, I received two very passionate long emails from my users talking about how the app actually helped them out. Uh, it was very different from some other apps as well. And it gave me a revelation, you know, like sometimes. You are so deep in your own problems that you fail to see the promise that other people see in you. All you see are problems and then, you know, like other people, you, 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 don't, you, you need the outsider perspective, right? There's this Chinese proverb, for those of you who speak Chinese, uh, it's like, um, it's called Pang Guan Zhe Qing, right? An observer has the clearest point of view of you when it's translated. And so I think that's what it was. It took me to that cancer survivor event and two users uh, writing in to me as well to make me realize that I actually have a very, very unique product. 
And uh, this was helpful for, you know, like uh, this 35, uh, 40, 50 users. I had five digit users at a point of time as well, right? Um, and I decided that, you know what? I think I should double down, plow on, uh, and raise more money. My, my problem was not that I did not have access to funding. It's that I did not believe in my idea that much anymore. And I did not feel that I was bringing social impact to others. And so I actually turned down VC funding uh, as well. So because I didn't feel that I, I did not want to run an Me Too company and, you know, I spent years, you know, like building something that, you know, like uh, was just going to make me rich, right? Or just going to make my team rich as well, right? Um, I have enough money in my life, you know, to live a decent, comfortable life. And like uh, I, I, I wanted to have more, right? I think you can call me greedy. Not for money, but for social impact. And so that really um, was what kept me going in my darkest moments. Um, I also took a break, of course, where I really thought about all these things and processed it. So I spent 10 days in Phuket, right? Where I did not think about work. I just did a lot of reading, a lot of exercising, a lot of meditating, good, clean Thai food. Um, you know, like steam fish, you know, like sunrise every morning, right? Just, you know, good, clean living, right? I never exercise so much uh, 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 and so regularly, right? Uh, and um, both my mind and my body as well. So I think that really gave me the, the, the sense of uh, that. I mean, it was, a, I did not talk much to people as well, you know, except when I go out and talk to the hawkers as well. Um, it was almost like a silent retreat, right? It was my version of a cave. Right, I went to an Airbnb, I booked in, I, I was there alone, you know, and that's it. That's all I did every day. I read, I exercised, I, I, I read, I ran, I meditated, that's it. I just did my thinking and I came back, I was like, let's do this. You know, like, uh, I think, uh, let me build a new team. Everything came after that. Let me build a new team. Let me find my new three, three, three clients for businesses. I was uh, invigorated. That 10 day silent retreat is definitely a, a much needed, right? Uh, treat. Um, and, and I think you, let's, let's talk about passion, right? I think product managers, uh, you were, you were a PM before, right? Um, and, and as founders, I'm still a PM is, in some way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. And founders, yeah. there's a lot of passions, uh, and, and, and too much passion tend to have burnout. Right, so um, there are a lot of listeners out there. They are also, uh, have a lot of passion in what they do, a lot of hustlers. How to balance that passion? You are very right. When you have a lot of passion, you can tend to burn out, right? Uh, when you have so much passion, you lose a, uh, you lose the line between your sense of, in your identity. Your sense of self and the sense of a company is intertwined. My company reflected everything that was going on, whether it's good or bad in my life. And I think that was quite bad as well, right? And I realized this uh, maybe about a, couple, uh, a year ago, right? That uh, when my file was doing well, when my numbers and metrics were going up, I felt great. I felt my life was going great, right? When it was going down, I don't think that there's anything salvageable, you know, in my life as well. You know, like despite me having a good relationship, good friends, you know, family life and so on, I just crowded out so much because I spent so much time in my startup as well, right? Um, I think it's actually quite important and healthy long-term as well that we don't burn out, that we actually carve time out for our family, our friends, uh, and uh, the pursuit of a different hobby as well, whether it's woodworking, whether it's farming, and so on. Uh, my my hobby sits right beside me, actually. Right. Where's it's, your hobby? Uh, Let's take a look. Let's take a look. 
yeah, yeah, you know, I should turn on the lamp because, you know, like, uh, it's actually quite ugly and, uh, you know, I've uh, obviously neglected it a bit, but I have an aquarium. And, uh, oh, nice. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to breed guppies and uh, shrimp oh. as well, right? Nice. Um, and uh, it's a very eclectic hobby, um, but okay. I think my friends know that. Uh, Let's take a so quick look. So, it's here. Yeah, oh, it's nice, actually quite nice, ugly nice. right now. Um, oh, well. Right, it's, good. It's, it's, uh, good. it's good to have some life beside it. Hopefully, there's no dead fish or shrimps inside. I'm trying to get it to breed as well, usually. So, these are all quite young. They all look uh, alive, dude. They all look alive. Yeah, they look alive. Right? This is the bigger, neglected version that I have. Right? And uh, there's a giant version behind that you cannot see as well. There's a two-meter tank behind that is uh, that I actually have been neglecting. I need to actually build it up as well. But when I actually use my hands, because you know, you and me, we work in the tech sector. Right, we sit down in front of a laptop. We play with bits and bytes all the time. I want to play with atoms, right? So you know, like, uh, so using my hands, you know, like uh, arranging, um, rethinking the entire design of a fish tank, uh, creating something, building or something. You know, like using our hands, creating something. That's why you are product makers, right? Right. It's uh, something that I really enjoy as well. Yeah. So it allowed me to delve into other aspects, like for example, the biology, the the uh, of uh, of fish and shrimps, right? Uh, I have no time to feed them, you know, like uh, what can I do and use to automate the feeding and the changing of the water tank and all that as well. I, I fundamentally boil down to very similar disciplines that, you know, like <laughs> as well, um, which boils back, goes back to like sometimes, you know, like uh, we as human beings, right? Not product makers, not entrepreneurs and so on. We got to have a multidisciplinary uh domains of knowledge, being a polyglot. One of the people that inspire me in uh, life and also business is um, uh, one of the co-owners of uh, Berkshire Hathaway. The lesser known one, not Warren Buffett, but Charlie Munger, right? Uh, because he's very wise uh, and he has a lot of mental models that are curated from multiple disciplines as well, right? So it's important that we don't become too narrow and myopic in terms of our knowledge domains, but learn outside of our breath our, our usual topics because that usually gives us new ideas and perspectives that we can bring back to our day-to-day job right 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 thanks that's uh, super insightful and also uh, great to see your your your, your guppies and, and your tank uh one day i should see the uh the the two meter one huh? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you're yeah, coming to the um you know to the end of the podcast um so uh, what's next for MyFi? You know, would you like to share share with the audience? You know, what's next? You know, first, uh, in 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 the next uh, six months or so. It's three tiers, right? My next six months, number one, grow revenue, maintain a uh, healthy revenue for us to hit our Series A. Right. Second, make sure the product works in terms of improving mental health, reducing stress levels of our users, and third making sure I don't burn my team out, right? Living and dog-fooding what we believe in, our own product as well. I think it's not an easy thing to do, right? Because I do have, you know, like um, data and, and uh, real stories from other mental health startups, you know, like in the US as well, that has really burnt out their early stuff, right? And at some point, we hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't do that as well. But, you know, in every fast-growing industry, it's inevitable. I got to watch myself. I got to watch that you know I don't burn out all my stuff as well. But the 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 demand is from the market is really high, right? And so uh, while we work on a very very purposeful job as well, uh, I just want to make sure that I build a company that's sustainable, that lasts 
for as long as he can. And this is also kind of like a hiring ad as well. If you are in product, business, marketing, sales of success, we are hiring, right? Uh, if you want to work on a company where the founders truly believe in social impact above profits, talk to me, talk to us. Nice, nice. I love that. I love that. Uh, I love what you're doing on the uh, positive impact. Uh, and I believe in externally having social uh, impact and also internally, right, with the employees, right? Uh, and I believe in a startup, uh, it has to be, uh, it best to be driven, uh, put another word to it, self-driven, right, uh, to really move the startup in a very agile fashion. Uh, we kind of, uh, to the end to the, of the podcast, um, for those who want to reach out to you, especially for, you know, interested in product, business, um, customer success and all that, uh, how can they reach out to you? Go to my website. You can just contact me and say, I want to talk to Bjorn. That's the easiest part. Otherwise, add me on LinkedIn, Bjorn Lee at MyFi. Uh, drop me a message. That's the easiest way. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right. So um, thank you for your time, Bjorn. And I think it's great to hear your insights and your story as well to really build MyFi to have positive impact and have a growth for mental well-being. Thank you, Bjorn. Thank you, Eric, for having me on our podcast. And uh, may you thrive with this new project as well. All right. Thank you.